All right, so episode number 52 of Chunky Glasses, the podcast. This is Kevin, and uh, I wanted to do a quick intro uh, because it sort of drops in on a conversation Adam and I were having about Nashville. Uh, it was spurned on by uh, listening to the phenomenal new release from uh, Sturgill Simpson. But we're going to be talking about that album in a few weeks. Uh, now uh, we're going to have a uh, interview that Andre and I did uh, with Eric from Midlake when they were in town. Uh, their latest uh, album, Antiphon, uh, topped our some of our best lists. Their album, uh, The Trials of Van Occupanther, uh, I think tops my best list of all time. Uh, so it was a great interview about the band. Uh, the past are split with uh, Tim Smith, the previous primary songwriter. Uh, so definitely check that out. And then after that, Adam and I are going to sort of take on the new album from Afghan Wigs uh, entitled uh, Due to the Beast. So sit back, relax, and hope you enjoy this podcast. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man Nearly a two-word review just a shit sandwich. That right there is a wonderful house. never apologized you know no, yeah no i mean it's just like that's yeah. my problem they've removed they've just taken all the balls from country right and they turned it so safe yeah you know so safe yeah. and like you know i just, just to the point where i love hearing stuff like this because it's so it's just it's man you can tell it's not it's not a conveyor belt nashville product man no he's just doing what he wants to do and it sounds so fucking good yeah i miss this i miss this uh, th kind of this, music uh, this was my cheap way of getting us to talk about this already on the podcast that's all right let's roll into it no yeah, there's I a mean... danger but there's like the thing <laughs> is there's when you're doing stuff like this it, there's uh I, I we worked with a producer i worked with a producer one time and he called it he called it the danger of, of going sha na na mm -hmm. Like if you go too retro, yeah. Like if you if you're too obvious about the retro, like yeah, are yeah. you a novelty act? Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Are yeah, you like yeah. Bowser and right. and all that exactly, shit? Exactly. Like and so, but he does not do that. No, he he's he's legit. He means it, he and is. it's great. He is. It's, it's turtle, just turtle great. Simpson. I yeah. think I think we got a month before this comes out. that We'll talk about it. Yeah. But, well, I'm looking forward to it, man. We, uh, I really loved it. I really loved the whole thing. Yeah. And, yeah. and to me, it's just get. Get out of Nashville, everybody. There's there's enough of a market for you to eke out a living without some dickhead producer. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Tell, like, without guys writing songs for you and taking yep. all the money, yep. you know? There's a way for you to do this without... Get out of the yoke of Nashville. <laughs> get your own band. Write your own songs. You're going to go Future Island on Nashville? No. <laughs> you got, come on. We both know Nashville's just... No, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You know, Nashville, um, Nashville has spoiled 
the country music genre. I yeah, I think they have. I think, but uh, uh, man, we can do a whole other podcast on that. I'm sure we could. But uh, but let's all right. Let's to, stick to, to right, this to one. today. Today, what we're gonna do is uh, this is Adam. Welcome back to the Rock Basement. Right. Thank you coming Thanks out. Thanks for having it's, me, uh, man. It's actually a first spring Saturday. It's beautiful I think outside. It's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful weekend in DC. Uh, I am recovering from seeing a two and a half hour set of War on Drugs last night. All right. It was just uh, it's great. It's long, like we were saying upstairs. Uh, I'm actually writing it up, so oh, I'll don't say need, nothing. Don't need to talk about. It. I'll yeah. say nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so last week we put out two. Hope uh, one the fiftieth. Uh, recommended for the. Uh, Strong of heart, I guess, is just uh, me, Andre, and Paul talking. And then after that, uh, an interview with David Wax, um, which was actually good. Uh, it, was, it was a short one, too. Uh, this week, besides, let's see, I just want to make sure I say this guy's name right. Um, besides, uh, Adam and I are going to be talking about uh, the Afghan Wigs' new album, Do the Beast. Uh, but before that, we have. actually Do to the Beast. Do to the Beast. Yes. You're right. You're right. Uh, might have tipped my hat on how I feel about it already right, then. Right. Um, and a little, I think a little bit about Afghan Wigs in general, uh, because they were a fairly important band uh, to at least a few people. They were I mean, an anomaly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the a verdict is out, I think, whether this new album is anomalous. But uh, before that, uh, we have an interview that Andre and I did last weekend uh, with uh, Eric Polito. Uh, he is the lead singer and now just the front man uh, for Denton, Texas's Midlake, who did a uh, they put out they put out five albums now, I believe. Uh, the big, I guess, hit was um, Trials of Van, Van Alcupanther, which I don't know. Have you heard that? Yes. Yeah. So that it's like it's uh, it's um, Radiohead if it was done in Texas. <laughs> is is a pretty apt description. I think it's one of the best albums of all time. Well, that sounds like Flaming Lips then. A little bit. Well, Flaming Lips are from Oklahoma, and they're they're well, Flaming Lips. I think would be uh, more Pink Floyd if it was Radiohead drift into that neighborhood too. Yeah, yeah, sometimes you know. Um, but yeah, so they put that out in around about two thousand six. Had a follow up, uh, we, and we, we've talked about we talked about their last album Antiphon on the podcast uh, to great length. Um, and the lead singer, uh, Tim Smith, left the band. Mm -hmm. uh, so we sat down with Eric uh, before their show opening for Neil Finn uh, here at the Lincoln Theater. And uh, we talked about all of that. It was actually a really cool conversation. But uh, So we're going to play that first. And then uh, when we come back after that, uh, Adam and I are going to tear apart this new uh, Afghan Wigs record. Small, small Texas yeah, town yeah. with like a historic square and all that, and it's 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 nice because especially when you're so used to like the big city, it's kind of cool to see something that where it's not like you're in a rural area. You're still in like a city where you can have the things that you want, yeah. but it's but it's kind of a, a more I don't know a cooler like unique it's vibe. A more manageable, yeah, like, sure. You, know, you, you can get a little lost in the big city. See your yeah, place. Yeah. You don't feel like <laughs> exactly you have a place even at times. You right. know, or there, it's like you can kind of see sometimes the impact of what you're doing. Even yeah, for you sure. Know, kind of go through the community. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, do you guys do stuff outside of the music? 
you know, say in your community? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm on the Historic Landmark Commission. I'm, <laughs> Just go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm actually on the Historic Landmark Commission, so we, like, work on preserving, like, homes and buildings and districts and um, do music at my church that I go to, Episcopal Church. Uh, it's a beautiful place. Um, uh, we have a bar in Denton as well. Oh, is which that is, right? Which is what everybody needs, you know. <laughs> yeah. We actually, our studio is like, it's a stone's throw from the bar. So whether you have a good day or a bad day, it's like, let's go to the bar exactly. have some drinks, you know. Yeah. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so yeah. do you have like a tab for all your other band members behind the bar? Is it, it like can, cheers, it can get you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. We're like, okay, buddy. It can time get to settle up. Like, yeah. It's getting a little high on your end. Exactly, you know? yeah. 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 Just a yellow notepad. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> what you do is you just buy a certain liquors that aren't on the menu. That way it can just kind of be on the side, you know. Like, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I haven't started doing that yet, but I think that's my next. And, you know. and, and just to let everybody know who's talking, this is Eric from Midlake, and uh, we're backstage at the Lincoln Theater. Uh, you're on tour now with Neil Finn. Yes. Uh, we are talking about uh, your hometown, Denton, or your, the town you're in now. Yeah. Um, getting onto like what you were actually just talking about that being a small town, you guys have a studio and stuff. How does that play into, I guess, how you guys are creating or how you, uh, created definitely the last album, Antiphone. Yeah, I think it, it's a double-edged sword, you know, having the studio because obviously you can abuse the time sometime as yeah. well, but it's a cool thing to have like throughout the year and, and any time, you know, to be able to go in, to write, to record, to rehearse, also to produce other people's records which we've done as well and brought other people into the studio um and there's i mean tons of artists there in in denton so it's a great artist community so it's cool to have our little kind of nook there to be able to bring folks in and to do our thing as well sure nice nice were you you weren't in the band in originally not originally you you weren't in the first first incarnation of that uh but you were one because i know uh most of them were uh studying jazz at least heavy in jazz players. Were you also in, heavy in the jazz and stuff? No, basically, I'll give you a long story short. The drummer and I went to high school together in Houston. Okay. So I, I knew him. We played music together mm-hmm. then. He went up to North Texas. I actually went to another school first. And then in 2001, I got asked to join the band and then right. joined at that time. So at the, I had, was visiting Denton all in the late sure. 90s and, and was familiar with it and the band at yeah. the time. Um, but uh, they hadn't put out in a record or anything like right. that. They were just kind of building the band and, and, and kind of going through different transitions of sound and uh-huh. all that. And so it was kind of cool to see that as a really a fan, you know, at the time. Sure, absolutely. A friend and a fan. And then um, in 2001, I got the call from the miners. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I, I moved up to Den. I, I took some classes there at UNT, but not, I wasn't right. as deep into the... As a jazz, jazz or, yeah. and stuff, and so you were you've played on all the albums, though, yes. correct? Yeah, so you've been on all the albums. You went there were two before Van Occupanther. Well, there was a an album, an album. and then an EP, an album well. and an EP before yeah. Van Occupanther, and then on that, uh, there was like a sort of uh, market delineation of sound, yeah, there, and like not, I guess not to beat around the bush about Van Occupanther, like. That is one of the greatest albums of all time. Oh. Like, no shit. No, it, it, it is something, like, people know it. Um, 
I don't think as many people know as you would expect, but you can like pass it around to friends who don't, and it's like mm-hmm. something you give to somebody, like a secret, even though it's uh-huh. even though it's out there and you think right. it's fine. We had, have you ever heard of this? One? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it, it was, it was like. You know, you kind of gauge, you know, where somebody was. At. That, that'll be the, the, yeah. the difficult question on Trivial Pursuit music one day, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, you can hand it to a musician or not even a music fan or something, and, and they're going to find something in it that like just resonates with them and sticks with them. And when, like, if if you take that next to the album before that, like, were you guys aware moving into that? Like that—that's consciously what you—you you wanted to make this very different album from what you've been doing, or was it sort of like you know, that? You know, this is the same thing, and you're just going along. I think you know, you know, for us, we've always been kind of fans first, mm-hmm. and you get into different styles and influences of music, and understandably, it just kind of comes out when you're trying right, to right, write right. and record and 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 uh, come up with stuff. So, and because the band, you know, has always been kind of looking for that, you know, next like Pandora's box of this thing and kind of sure. getting into things, it kind of inherently changes, you know, mm-hmm. um, or hopefully at least evolves or grows, you know, it's kind of hopefully like a snowball of sorts and we're not just doing this drastic change that it still is mid-leg even right. though the influences have changed. And that was no exception, especially between the first record and that one because we were kind of, you know, kind of just trying to figure things out you know sure. on the first one and we we're, were really into and still are but but like more of the uh, flaming lip you know granddaddy you know neutral milk it was more of the the kind of quirky indie pop type stuff uh, you know and uh, i mean even radiohead bjork all that stuff yeah, I mean, it was just kind of a ton of stuff especially late 90s early 2000s you know and then I think during that process, not that we weren't familiar with these styles, but we started to fall even deeper into the whole like seventies West Coast American, you know, folk rock type yeah. thing, and unabashedly kind of just, just dove went, head just first went for into it, it <laughs> you know. Yeah. And uh, you know, a big part of that, you know, of course, um, was Tim, but I think yeah. we all kind of were in it together and kind sure. of. It wasn't like we were just playing a role. It's like this was yeah, honest. Yeah. This was really yeah. what we were into, you know. Yeah. And uh, I think especially because it, the, for so long being probably immersed in the jazz scene and being yeah, so yeah. focused on that, it was almost like kind of like just taking the chains off and going, okay, you can do whatever you want. Right, I think right, that's right. been kind of a part of the progression. It's just like getting into stuff that maybe you knew, but you weren't supposed to, that wasn't supposed to influence you, right, you know, what you were doing. Right. So writing, you know, Pop songs, rock songs, well, yeah, whatever. That, I mean, we... that can sidetrack so many bands, like because there's, it, it, you, you think that you, like, you have to do this one thing, and you don't. Yeah, and, and it, it, it was funny because like early on, it was just, like so many chords and songs, and I think at a point it was like, you know, what, let's have a song with like on, two man. chords. You know, is that what do you mean? I don't know, diminished right. eighth yeah, minor yeah, seventh. Yeah. yeah, so you know, I mean, all that being said, I think we just kind of continued that 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 um that thread of just kind mm-hmm. of like digging into new stuff and then the, the record after that was yeah. very british folk i mean that yeah. was we're getting into fairport convention and pentangle and you know a little it was a little more obscure but it's like we really were digging that stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. and getting into it you know and i think this last one was more of a culmination i, I think we were getting mm-hmm. into 
to some other stuff as well. The psychedelic was kind of entering into the influence a little bit more, and you know, bands like Pink Floyd and Early Genesis and stuff yeah, yeah. we were kind of dig- digging into, but not forgetting where we had come from as, as well. At least I hope that that would be the case because you know, for us, I mean, we didn't want. We weren't trying to make these, you know, drastic changes or anything. Right. Oh, now we're going to fool them with this one. Right, you know? right. But you know, that, that's just kind of what came out. Now, now for this one though, you did sort of have a drastic change. Well, yes, personnel wise, personnel wise, and um, so, like on, on that front, uh, you guys wrote the album in six months. You had been working on it for a while, scrapped it. Uh, was there a point where you were all freaking out, like, "Holy shit, what what are we going to do now?" Well, I mean, a part of me definitely, you know, knew that it was going to be a daunting task, you know, because, you know, to Tim's credit, you know, he's a big part of the the band and and where we had come and and where we were. But it was becoming more and more difficult, I think, for him to be satisfied, you know, um, with what we were doing or he was doing or, or, or anything, you know, a part of it. And it was frustrating because we all were trying to, be happy with the product of what we were coming out yeah. up with. And, uh, yeah, of course he's going to be the last stop on the filter. And I think he felt, uh, you know, a big burden of feeling like, man, it's not getting where I want it to be. And I don't know where that's supposed to be. And that's a very frustrating thing for him and for us. We're like, well, okay, well, what do we do now? And we would just keep trying new things and like just going back to the drawing board we changed locations we went out to the farm again that we had gone out to it during the the last time we went out to la and record with a producer and you know different formations at the house different people of of us kind of like let's strip it down this way let's Mm -hmm. i'll get on the drums let's you know like just (laughs) trying different things you know and we were just in the process unfortunately you start beating the life out of songs you know and then you feel like okay well we got to write new songs or, you know, come up with new parts or make a drastic change to the song. And I think all in all, just for him, he didn't see any hope in it, you know, anymore. And so he obviously left and it was like, well, I guess got two options here, you know, (laughs) either throw in the towel along with him or say, you know, with my own stubbornness, hopefully resilience, like, let's try. Let's yeah, just yeah. try at least. Let's see what happens. Because we didn't know all the hows, but yeah. we know we knew if you know we yeah. wanted to try, and uh, so we just quickly got to work and and decided that to leave that chapter behind would be to not use any of that material, which was kind of a tough pill to swallow, just because there was a lot of time and, and effort put into that that those songs. Sure. But we just thought it would be make out of respect for what was with Tim and also just to make our own statement. We thought, well, let's just try to write and record stuff on our own. And so that's what we did. I mean, reflecting back now, so now you've, you know, made the album, you've toured, the response has been, you know, positive Mm -hmm. about, you know, this kind of reform Mm mid-lake. I mean, were you concerned going into that at all? That the response would maybe not be so... That yeah. there would be a little bit of, uh, yeah, but you, uh, you know, yeah. sure, sure. I mean, it's tough because I can't afford to like be apologizing on stage. You know, it's like sure, I, sure. I, I, you know, and and uh, you know, I knew that that there might be a bit of a schism that existed with with the, the a person that's not into 
what we're doing or a person that is in yeah. what we're doing, you, never you know? Look at, like internet comment boards. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's it's always going to be polarizing, especially as you grow as a band. Even if Tim was in the band, it's like every record you make, it's like, "Oh, well that's not that last record." And it's like, "No, it's not. That's it's true. a different record." I guess people So, you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt. And for me, if I was going to be up there singing these songs, both new and old songs, I had to own it and just not apologize yeah. for it and say, "Look, you know, if you're not into it, goodbye you know like i'm sorry but this is what we're doing and then i I believe in it i hope you do too but uh if you don't i i I can't help you there i didn't i didn't choose this you know i didn't i didn't kick tim out no no it was his choice and we just wanted to uh to kind of write the next chapter ourselves instead of it just being you know ended there like as musicians you got to keep going yeah and you know it's i don't even think it's an identity thing i think it's you have this group of musicians that you've played with it's very tight you remove one thing. I mean, you, you were talking about like exploring like sounds like Pink Floyd and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's it's a little analogous to that. Well, sure. I mean, bands like that and, and Genesis, you know, it's kind of cathartic in a way because yeah. you can see that those things have happened. It yeah. has worked, and I, I realize it's a different time. But again, it for us, it wasn't. It was just we we just wanted to try, you know, because. It, it it was not good timing, you know, and, and, and it was so much time and effort, you know, put into to wh- where we were, and we just felt like, you know, we wanted to yeah. give it a try to, to create something, you know, without Tim and see, uh, you know, if it could work. And, I, and we were, we were, we ourselves, you know, before anybody had heard anything, we were just glad that we were able to do it, you know, regardless of how it was received. We were like, man... It was just a, a success in and of itself that we were able to pull together and really everybody step up. I mean, I think voices were heard, you know, literally and figuratively more than, than ever, you know, yeah. in, in the band's existence. So it was a cool, cool little experiment. Well, it's, it's weird because, like, you can actually hear that in the album. And it's, it's, it definitely sounds like a Midlake album. But there's a, there's a looseness to it, and it's, it almost is like people have been uh, not set free. That's, that sort of sounds bad for Tim, but like, but it's it's definitely like an openness right. uh, to it. You, you know, you brought in a little more psychedelia and stuff, and it still uh, keeps like the cores like this like ridiculous instrumentation, ridiculous harmonies, and, and you're doing all this, and it still has all that, uh, but just slightly different, a little more. I mean, if if the other albums, I think, were like very earthy, this is more like cosmic. You know? Well, thank you. Yeah, I, th- I think one of the things that we tried to not do is be so precious about every little detail and, and kind of have more of an organic feeling and vibe to some things where you, you know, once you can get a, a form and, and, and kind of feel like it's right that you, you know, track things in a way that it, it stays. It's not like redoing and redoing and redoing things to where it almost becomes just too, uh, you know... Uh, like a, like an equation, you know, or something like mm-hmm. that. It's just too thought out or too precise or precious. So, um, because that was always kind of a rut we would get ourselves in. We're like, okay, it could be better. Let's keep doing it. And again, like I was saying, you kind of lose some of the life. So we were trying to get that balance where we had, of course you, you think about it and you want it to be right, but you still allow there to be some, some organic nature in life and into the, the, the things that you're recording. Because for us, I mean, at the precipice of ideas, it was always like the most excitement in life. Sure. And you kind of want to bottle that up. Yeah. Yeah. But the flip side of it is our, you know, that perfectionist type yeah. element makes you go, okay, but it can be a little bit. And, right. and you kind of have to just look at one another and go, no, yeah. it's as good as it's going <laughs> to yeah. get. Yeah. 
It, and, yeah, like, and except that it's going to change, like when you go out and like oh, take oh, it on the road, of course. And because you know you're capturing on record like this moment, if you guys record it, and it just start, it'll start to mean, it probably already has start to mean different things to like you guys as you play it and stuff. Yeah, uh, it, it takes on its own on uh, its which, own life. Which you've done an electric tour now, and now you're out on an acoustic tour. Mm-hmm. Why the choice to strip it down as much? Well, I think really the long and short is that the logistics, you know, w- were the thing that, that made us uh, do that for this tour. But um, really, I'm glad that we, we did, um, not only because it's been a, a joy to be able to do the songs in a more stripped down type of way, but I, I, I think um, for people that know us or don't, you know, it was just a different look at, at a, mm-hmm. you know, and sound for 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 these tunes in the band as a whole. I mean, I, I, we usually only do something like this for like a radio show or something like sure. that. But, um, like I was saying, just the logistics to bring out six guys and you're, you know, you're, you're, you're front of house and all that. And, and, you know, there was a West coast part and then the East coast, it was right. just a right, lot right, easier right, for right. three dudes to get into a rental car. Yeah. <laughs> it was, so it's just three yeah. yeah. Okay. It's just three so of it's us. It's just you playing guitar and singing, and what's the other? Uh, Joey's singing and playing guitar, and Jesse's singing and playing keyboard and flute. Okay. Nice. So. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. And cool. so far, like the audience has been like, oh, they've loving been great. It. I mean, Neil's. I mean, he's amazing himself, but his crowd is just a perfect crowd, and these venues mm-hmm. have been great because they're seated nice theaters so usually when you see an acoustic act at a at a venue it's like you know people are talking over it and and understandably it's just probably not the the forum for it but these theaters are perfect for yeah. for what we're doing yeah and this theater in particular is actually super nice cool cool the, the uh the acoustic I, I don't know what they did to fix it up but the acoustics are just like tight awesome yeah so, i haven't walked out there yet so i'll yeah. see it here in a second. You, you'll, you'll enjoy it well, what song has been? You know, what songs have been like? Really, have you had to reformat any of the songs to kind of take on a different personality in this format? Like, you know, I'd say like even say the lead track off your last song, you uh-huh. know, album Antiphon, you know, uh-huh. to play that acoustic, yeah, it would just take on a whole different form. Have you, <laughs> you know, actually taken the time to sort of, well, let's reimagine some of these songs right. in this format? Yeah, I mean, it does somewhat. I mean, you know, a lot of these songs, that's how they were that. that that's how they were written. So, you know, kind of stripping it down kind of takes it back to kind of the, the precipice of the idea and the, and the, and the writing. And it's kind of nice, you know, it's just, it's like getting the guitar out around a campfire, you know, and just singing the songs in their truest form and not leaning on the, the, the sonic scope as much, which is great to do with the full band, but it's, it's cool for us to be able to do it in this way as well. And and some of the songs lend themselves maybe more to it than others. And, And we're not obviously playing all of the songs, but um, but yeah, we've been playing a handful of them and and uh, throughout the the uh, the tour, and it's it's been really fun to do so. Yeah. How how is the has the songwriting process changed at all since you know the dynamics in the band have changed a little bit? Yeah. Has that whole process changed? Because I know in the last the last album you took was it six eight months to write and record the whole thing. This yeah, Antiphon was Antiphon yeah yeah was, and six. So has, it sounds like the process has changed a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I mean, it did. Know. You know, obviously there was probably a sense of urgency in a way just because it's like you're running a marathon and like, all right, sure. now that just happened. I want to finish this thing. But okay. not. it wasn't because we just wanted to finish it. You know what yeah. I mean? There was just kind of an excitement and an urgency to f- figure things out and, 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 you know, to continue. So I think that helped. But 
also people were coming up like I was saying, you know, how voices were heard and in, okay. in, in a lot a big way. People were stepping up in ways that I think might have been more suppressed. Not and I don't want to demonize Tim in that way. It's just kind of that we got used to kind of working in that way, you know, where if we had an idea, well, then you kind of, you know, brought it to Tim and saw if that could become something or he just had a thing. And it's like, okay, this is the idea. Now do your thing on, on this. You know, it it really, he was more of the visionary where I didn't want to be that. I didn't want to like say, okay, guys, this is how it's going to be. I wanted, you know, to just kind of come together and, and, you know, kind of really, uh, write things more yeah as a a group as an organism and that's not to say that that that, that, you know i didn't have you know you know songs or ideas but i think it was kind of playing off of one another more nicholson would come up with a little acoustic thing and then i'd try something and be like okay then we'd maybe broaden the group to let's bring this guy in and try this it was very you know organic in that way you know um so not you know every song takes on its own life and has its own like way of coming together but especially now stepping back looking at the record it was more broad in that way of everybody kind of having their influence and their voice heard so did you record it as a whole band playing live together or was that no i mean we tracked it multi-tracked it but a lot of times like drum and bass would be together you know and then you know maybe a guitar and then you know maybe do another couple things together you know Again, to try to capture that inherent organic vibe sure. with it, you know. But I didn't know if it was. But, but no, it wasn't just a live, you know, put up mics and let's play. Oh, do some exile Main Street here. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, do you have any thoughts of doing that? We, know, well, in, we, in we did fe- record. Are we ready to go? Or? Oh, let's see. Sorry about that. Okay. Yeah. yeah cool. uh, <laughs> Looks like you got a show to go to. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks a lot, Thank man, you for guys. Uh, talking to us. And uh, good luck on the rest of the tour. Yeah. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that was our interview with Eric uh, from Midlake. Uh, I want to thank him a lot for sitting down with me and Andre. It was a good time. And as you could hear, it literally uh, ran right up until the point where he had to be on stage. So very gracious fellow. Uh, if you are in Denton, Texas, uh, I think you should visit their bar. We'll find out. Maybe put that in the show notes. Uh, they own a bar. By the way, so That's a nice thing All to things do. were revealed. Uh, <laughs> Adam hasn't heard the interview yet, though, so... All right, so now that was uh, that, and now we're going to move on to the new album from uh, Afghan Wigs, Do To The Beast. So that track uh, was uh, parked outside. That is the leadoff track of the Afghan Wigs 
first album in 16 years. Great then opening I, track. Yes, yeah, yeah it is. Uh, <laughs> Straight up Afghan wigs. Uh, yeah. Not afraid. We will kick you in the balls opening track. Yeah, you know? which, you know, I mean, if, if you aren't familiar with Afghan wigs, that's sort of their MO. Right. There's no... Uh, they weren't ever staring at their shoes No, they weren't ever staring at their shoes. They were in your face. Uh, a lot of times they're in your crotch. I mean... <laughs> it, what I, I always tell... When, whenever someone asks, you know, who's never heard them, I always tell people that, that the Afghan wigs were like... Um, soul music written by the devil. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you That's know. That's a good description. Yeah, like Al, you know, it's like Al Green. Kyle Green's singing about how much he loves you, and Dully is singing about how he's waiting for you to fall asleep so he can go through your purse to get cab fare. Yeah. And then maybe on the way home, hit the bar and yeah. see if he can pick up another girl. Yeah. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Which is scummy, but. It is. But goddamn, it, you know, it, it, it made for uh, I think some of the most thrilling rock and roll in the mid nineties, yeah. mid to late nineties. What was so weird about that was those guys. What the hell were they? They're from Cincinnati. Uh huh. They were wearing suits. Uh huh. You know what the hell were they doing on Sub Pop? They're on Seattle's like the premier mm-hmm. Seattle underground label of Sub Pop mm-hmm. with with Mud Honey and Nirvana for Christ's sake. And here are these like these guys from Cincinnati. And when when. People from Kentucky say they're going to the big city. They mean they're going to Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm from Ohio. I know, <laughs> yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. So it's not. It, it, it's just weird. Like, how did they end up there? Who the fuck are these guys? Don't you know? know. Don't know. But yeah. but like you said, they got on Sub Pop. They right. uh, the 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 hit I guess they had was the album Gentleman masterpiece, uh, which is a masterpiece. It is uh, not as as we keep, we will say many times not easy listening. It is. Um, it is difficult. It's difficult to explain to somebody why you like it. It, it, it emotionally, uh, uh, it's very I- incorrect. I'll, I'll tell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I always here, did. I ever tell you about like I know I know I used to know this. I'm friends with this girl, yeah. and she used to tell me that um, you know she got out of a relationship and then she started dating. You mm-hmm. know, and uh, whenever she'd go to like back to someone's house or something, she'd always look through the. The CD collection, and if it looked like Gentleman was the, if Gentleman was there, and it had been played a lot, she never went out on another date with wow. the guy. You know, <laughs> and I get it. That's I get it. Uh. But no, because Gentleman is the soundtrack to to a a fucking emotional disaster. Yeah, no, it, it absolutely is. It, it, it's every uh, bad impulse you've ever and, done. And this is this is like. Not like to be enjoyed gender specific, no. but I think it is. It, I mean, a lot of what Dolly does is exploring um, issues of of just being a man, right? I mean, and let's be clear, like this, he is can be considered like like a truly like a sexy man. Ladies look at him, he's like this is this is a classic man, but also very deeply deeply troubled, like deeply flawed, deeply flawed, right. and and he and whether or not he is or not, I don't know. We don't know him, but. On record, uh, this character, if you will, that he plays uh, and that he, that really came to a head on Gentleman uh, is very deeply flawed, very mm-hmm. scarred, very uh, aggressive, very angry. Um, and it takes music that – I mean this came out during grunge, so that's, – That's another thing. It takes music Again, that – Again, flannel, mm-hmm. ripped jeans, everyone looking at their shoes. He's wearing a suit. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and and, 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 so, <laughs> yeah. and so you know when this came out, there was that, and then all this stuff. Uh, was, uh, clinical, maybe is too strong a word, but uh, certainly 
more sterile than this. Right. This was this had soul. This had you you cannot listen to gentlemen like uh and not have a very visceral reaction. To well, them. it all depends. Here's the thing. I know guys who uh, Everyone, everyone knows that guy. Everyone has that friend who like marries his high school sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And they they have they have two kids and they're still married. And they tell mm-hmm. you, you know, oh, we, well, we have our rough patch. But, you know, they never really yeah. do. The, those guys never get the album, gentlemen. Right. They never understand it. Right. They, like, I understand it because I've been in terrible relationships. Right, 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 right. Everybody who's been in a terrible relationship gets it. And like, you know, and we're talking about total disasters. We're talking about yeah. like. You know, and like so, the angle Dully is kind of coming from is like, all my shit is in the yard, and uh, mm-hmm. like, you know, my best friend's number is on her caller ID, and I'm gonna go out and revenge bang the entire female species, and I'm gonna start with you. Right, right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's yeah. Dully's mindset, and like, eventually it gets to the point where you don't relate to that anymore, and that means you're getting healthy. <laughs> Do you well, know yeah, I mean? yeah, and I don't know if it's even that you don't relate to it. I mean, it is it is unhealthy. Yeah. But what has been remarkable throughout their career, to some point, uh, is, is that how uh, eloquently he is able to express that. Right. So jump forward sixteen years. Well, yeah. let's let's go from that. There was Black Love, which is almost like a, a noirish. I mean, there is a little noir. To this sad, stuff. That was a soundtrack yeah. to a movie. Yeah, that was a soundtrack to a. That was like a musical almost. Yeah, felt like a musical. Yeah, and then and then nineteen sixty five uh, was their last album before this extended hiatus. Right. Uh, it uh, it brought in fans because it was more. It was more poppy. It was more. The 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 character of the beast or whatever was dialed back, mm-hmm. and so you had like uh, songs that were still talking about the same thing, but it, it you know it was like an updated version of of Marvin Gaye's like sexual healing. Right. That's what he was going for because right. he has long said he is is a fan of like this R and B soul. Totally. That, that's stacks. his mission. Yeah. He's a stacks guy. Right, right. You know. <clears throat> so when you get to this album, it's unclear. Uh, I know going into it, me, what to expect, and I'm still not quite sure what to make of it because that that character, that anger, that is, I think, can almost has become a brand for him. And I mean, you can jump in and interject any time. I agree with you, but but it's almost become a brand for him, and so I have to wonder. It has a little bit to do with the way this album is presented musically but a lot to do with 16 years later and you're still that dude I, that's the thing i'm not the same guy anymore no i'm not the same thing and thank thank christ so but maybe that maybe <laughs> thank that's god what, you know so so i mean my initial reaction to this album is I, uh, I don't really like it right i and not because it's like poorly played not because anything i there's nothing on there relatable to me so that could be just on me I'm with you. He's because he's he. I mean, one of the one of the reasons people really identify with gentlemen is because they legitimately identify with gentlemen. Right. And the music, the music is great too. You know, yeah. Rick McCollum is is an awesome guitarist. Well, yeah, we'll get um, to that. Yeah, we'll get to Rick McCollum. <laughs> but um, I, I see what you mean. It's not. It's not. We're not the same people that we were. 
I hope Greg Dully isn't the same person that he was when he made that album. Even and, if, and that's what's confusing. Even if, even if he's, even if he, uh, you know, even if he was in the first place, was that him? Was it a character? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, was yeah. it like this, this, this thing? Is he a happily married guy in the suburbs who's always been that right, way? Right, right. You know, right. and this is just like right. his villain hat that he puts on. Yeah. But well, I, I had a friend who used to be like his handler for uh, some of the East Coast shows. Yeah. Like, I mean. The the guy gets a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Does he really? Yeah. Um, I mean, he had to have the handler, I mean, for a time, you know, some, to make sure that, that what, he shit didn't... didn't go off the rails. Yeah. Because and this was in 19, the 1965 tour. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it, you know, he was making money for, uh, was it Warner Brothers then? Yeah. Yeah, he jumped to Warner Brothers, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, so in that time, like, where, I guess, I guess what it is, like, that song, you know, um, is just sort of, is outside, like, I'm stalking somebody. Oh, I'm out. Yeah, yeah, parked outside, and and it's like, does that uh, does he relate to that anymore? I can't tell from the album. I can't tell going through the album. There's there's hit, hints of it. Um, we're gonna hear uh, Matamoros, but um, even like Algiers gets into the more poppy stuff that came up in 1965. Doom, 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 right, doom, right, doom, doom, yeah. And 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 that is is a. Purely a byproduct of his love for stacks, sure, of course, and making R and B songs. Well, a lot of this stuff is, but I don't know. I don't. I don't. I guess I don't necessarily need. I guess the thing is, is we all became so invested in that character, yeah, that we we have a hard time continuing to, continuing to relate to that sixteen years later. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, we're yeah, not going to yeah, yeah. feel we're not going to feel the same way that we did when we were like when I was like twenty nothing and pissed off about right. some girl right. and listening to gentlemen over and over right. again. I'm not going to be the same. I'm not going to feel the same way. However, I like the album. I can appreciate it. I don't. I think it's not cool to call it an Afghan Wigs record. Uh, I feel better. I would feel better if it was just like a Greg Dolly or the Dolly Curly. Experience because yeah, they're yeah, the yeah. only two guys yeah. left in the band that right. are, that are and, doing and, it. And, and so, yeah, we should we should talk about that. I I actually saw when they toured it. I think it was 2012. Mm -hmm. uh, they they played the 930 Club. It's fantastic, absolutely. And, and, and they put on a great is, show, man. He's like, but I'm actually considering because like McCallum isn't in the band. Mm -hmm. Like as a guitar player, that's that type of guitar playing not just drew me to the band. Like informed how I would then play guitar right. later. There's an angular style to it that. Uh, you you just don't hear in a lot of other stuff, and would, it and it like that is as much their a part of their identity as like Dooley or Dolly being like as lascivious as he is, mm -hmm. um, and he's and McCall is not on this record. No, no, he's gone. And normally it, it would be like. Okay, I think McCollum is one of the most underrated guitar players I, in rock. I agree. And roll. I the agree. opening riff to the, the opening riff to say like Fountain and Fairfax. Yep. That is one of the greatest fucking guitar riffs yeah. I've ever heard yeah. in my life. You know, um, that one, or even like in, in uh, you know, when we two parted, or mm -hmm. or um, or even when he's not doing like doing like really recognizable leads, even even when he's just sort of doing the, like slide the stuff. Mo the movable chord shape in, yeah. in Gentleman, mm -hmm. just that. Just that little like that yeah, little yeah. move, that little move da back and forth is something you never heard yeah. before, and. He did a lot on, on Black Love, for instance. He did a lot of like sliding uh -huh. stuff, like it just and he was just sort of wailing in the back. And and on the first listen, you're thinking, well, he's not really playing anything. But then as as you listen to that album more and more, you're like, oh, well, that's just amazing. He's adding so much to the yeah. overall vibe of that yeah. of that song. And McCollum isn't on this record, and that's and it hurts. It, I'll tell you what, the song that we're about to listen to, yeah. uh, you know, Metamoros. 
good song. That seems like a perfect Afghan wig song, but the guy they got uh, to to come in and play guitar, he the riff he ends up playing there. It sounds like they they got somebody from fucking Papa Roach to come in and play. <laughs> oh man! No, seriously, yeah. he's he's like thinking, well, maybe McCollum will do this, but no, McCollum yeah. would not do that. No, McCollum would not. And, do and that. so, and to me, that's the only sore spot on what is. Like an awesome Afghan wig song, this track we're about yeah, to listen yeah. to. Actually, yeah, let's listen to Go ahead and listen to that now. Uh, this is uh, Matamoros. that riff man it's that guitar riff that's yeah, what i'm yeah, talking yeah. about yeah yeah all right, nee, 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 all right. it's so, like come on mccollum wouldn't have done that shit no I, that, that's <laughs> where that's where like it it, it it gets to the point where it's like this is about the rock and then you're like oh, oh yeah it does that oh no yeah. I, I mean if you read up about this album like part of i think part of the issue uh i'm having with it because i think you can it shows and you can hear is that uh dolly likes to record in a bunch of different studios mm-hmm. And shot on location, is what yes, calls it. shot on location. Yes. And while that is admirable uh, for, I guess, the creative process or whatever, when you're putting something down on record, like there needs to be a consistency. Yeah, and there isn't. And any. there isn't. Yeah. And, and so you can hear, like, almost breaks where stuff might have been recorded at one place, might have been recorded at another place. It's, but it never, like, comes together like a. Afghan wigs record. Yeah, should. it feels like he front loads all the ass kicking stuff on the first twenty uh-huh. minutes, and then like the it just sort of loses, it runs out of gas. And a lot of the other Afghan wig stuff, it was just like there was a really good flow to it, right? You know, there were peaks and valleys. Black Black Love is like a perfect example of that. There, yeah, yeah. It, like you can tell they really, really spent a lot of time uh, thinking about track order, you know, and how it feels mm-hmm. as an overall mood. But uh, man. Yeah, this one they front loaded all the all the really quality ass kicking Afghan wig stuff and, and and the rest of it was was ballads and at the end of it you're just sort of like, All right, all right. I'm saying I I think it's a good album. I, yeah. I just again, it shouldn't be called an Afghan Wigs album. Yeah, I mean and I have a uh I have a theory about this record in particular that and well, actually about the band, sorry. They struck a precarious balance. Mm-hmm. 
of stuff that like I mean because look that riff is in there because it very could easily could have been like there is nothing there's an intangible thing saving it uh, back in the nineties from being you know shine down or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> yeah. no but there really is I mean it, <laughs> no, it, it, it could you know you you you're all using the same tools yeah. Like and you're all influenced at the same time. I mean, there, it was a zeitgeist, and it was this stuff did come up. I would put them almost in grunge because they they just there's a a certain uh, angst and feeling to all that music. Yeah, they were less. I think I w- I would say they were they were lo- they were more polished than Mud Honey. Yeah, less, less polished than Soundgarden. Right. They don't. I don't even think they deserve to be put. The only thing that puts them in the same neighborhood as that guy of those guys is the time. That they were out, yep, and their yeah. association was sub pop. So, Otherwise, to me, they're completely unrelated from that entire that entire entire subgenre of music. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, but so so my theory is is that because that balance was so precarious, mm-hmm. and because it's been so long after that, especially you take out McCollum, like it's almost like you, because of the subject matter, you didn't really want to hear an album that like emotionally raw or painful right you know and but you you are absolutely compelled like you know to to hear that there i mean you if if you haven't heard gentlemen you need to hear it uh and once you hear it you, like you can't stop hearing it. right like it, it just it's one of those things that gets under your skin and without all those things in play i'm not sure where the play where this band should exist like what place it should exist in right and so what we have here is a thing called the Afghan Wigs, but it, it's a it's a dually it's a dolly project. Yeah, it's a dolly project, and Curly happens to be in on and it. And Curly happens to be in on it. But um, other than that, I don't think I don't. I mean, without McCollum, you know, and drummer, yeah, they never really gave a shit who the drummer was. To no, be honest with no, you, no, no. they didn't care about Steve Earle, the original drummer, Bukignani. Um, Steve Earle, the country great. No, he just <laughs> happened to be named Steve Earle. Yeah, and Steve Earle was Steve Earle was a pretty good drummer, but in yeah. terms of. Uh, uh, but Bukignani is the guy who played on Black Love. He was awesome. Uh, he was in and out for yeah, one yeah. record, but it was a great record. And yeah. I saw him. Play, I saw them play live with Bukignani on drums. And holy cow, that guy was just yeah. yeah rock, I actually saw that. Rock I saw solid it too. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. So I mean, it's it's a matter of like for this record. I think. Um, are you a fan of Dolly's work? I think. Uh, I mean, I am. I, I am totally. I, I just I, I am always interested to see what he's doing. But like uh was it the the Gutter Twins, mm-hmm. uh Twilight Singers. Exactly. Um like th- those are all projects that you know, people were always asking, like, oh when are they gonna reform Afghan Wigs? Sort of wish maybe they hadn't. Nothing against nothing it's against not, it's, I take that back. It's not gonna tarnish it. Fuck nothing it. against Curly yeah. as a bass player. No, no, no. Curly's a great bass player. Uh but to me, that this doesn't feel like a new Afghan Wigs album. Uh, McCollum's important. The people put people put a lot of focus on Dully's kind of persona yeah. and his songwriting and his lyrics, all of which are awesome. You should focus all, on. You should, there, there's something to focus on. But um, to me, McCollum was was equally important. I think he provided a really interesting bed mm-hmm. uh, to listen to. Like, and he's not here. So it's fine. It's good. Again, I would, I, I'd get it. Yeah. Um, but I, I just don't. Again, I don't feel comfortable calling it an Afghan Wigs album. They can yeah. call it that. That's cool. Yeah. It's going to be under Afghan Wigs 
on my iPod forever, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. and I'll know where to look for right, it. Right, But but it's gonna. I'm gonna put an asterisk next to it. You know, it's gonna it's gonna like uh, like Roger Maris's home runs for a while. Yeah. Know? Well, so so where are you gonna fall on it? I'm gonna buy it. Are you gonna buy? it? I am gonna buy it because okay. just because I I do like it. I do like it, and yeah. uh, you know it. There's there are some songs on there that I found myself. Um, I found myself sort of humming and listening to again and again. Um, obviously, uh, you know, Matamoros minus the Papa Roach business. Mm-hmm. Uh, Can Rova was awesome. Yeah. Uh, Royal Cream. And, I, I like Algiers. Yeah, and Algiers, Algiers starts with that cool, like, and it gets into that. And great, great album. Uh, and it, but uh, t- again, I shouldn't, we shouldn't call it an Afghan Wigs record. Yeah. Yeah. You know? uh, and because of that, uh, I'm actually going to stream it. Um, but. I would, as I often do, highly suggest, like, you should you should listen to this to get a taste of what they are. If you've never heard this band, mm-hmm. uh, but go out and buy Gentlemen now. Yeah, but be careful. No, I... Because, well, no, here's the, here's the problem. <laughs> you know, you know, well, you know what? Like, I have a, I have a nephew. He's like just, he's like a, he's yeah. a sophomore over at American. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, at some point in his life, his heart is going to get its ass kicked. Sure. You know, and like... <laughs> I feel like when that happens, I want to be like, "Here, man, listen to this." <laughs> Just, <laughs> all right, so 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 buy a copy and then give it to of, some, of gentlemen, then, then hold it, yeah, until, until someone you, you know, break. It's to, a break glass in case of emergency yeah. record, man. Yeah, and and honest, I mean to be clear, that's why I'm giving this a pass to stream it because I think Dooley does great work. I think uh, as that character, uh, his his writing, his style, his his willingness to be raw. Uh, is worth paying attention to. Mm-hmm. So, and and this isn't a, an offensive album. No. To be clear, I mean, no, no, uh, it's it's not. It's just, I think we both, which is why I think we're the only ones on the podcast. Is why because we both have like a long history with listening to this band and enjoying this band, and just expectations super high. Yeah, and they're super didn't high. Didn't get met. They didn't get met. They weren't. They weren't uh, completely crushed. You know, right. but. I'll buy it, but again, not not an Afghan Wigs record. It's a it's a Greg Dully, the Dully Curly experience. <laughs> Sweet, that's how I'm putting it on the site. Exactly. <laughs> cool. Well, Adam, thanks for uh, coming by this week. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, next week uh, I think we're going to have uh, either an interview with White Hinterland that Andre did, or something else. I'm not sure. Uh, a couple albums, but yeah, we will talk to you in about seven days, and uh, so keep putting good shit in your ears, and we'll see you then.